You are now listening to Tuck Gidget's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Talk Your Jits podcast. This podcast is, as the name implies, all about jiu-jitsu. I'm your host, Lamar Smith. And today's guest is a three-stripe white belt who trains at Oyster Bay Jiu-Jitsu, located in Oyster Bay, New York. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Vogler. Hey, thank you for having me on, Lamar. Man, I appreciate you being here, sir. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? Man, I am doing fantastic. Get to sit here and talk about jiu-jitsu for an hour or so. Listen, you're living the dream. Living the dream. But yeah, man, let's get the let's get it started, man. Why don't you go ahead and you know, if you want to, you know, more in depth introduce introduce yourself and you know how you got started in jujitsu. Sure, so I'll give you uh, a little bit about myself. Um I so I'm a contractor right now, I own my own business, but uh so I'm doing well, you know, I'm a designer on the side. But my life wasn't always like that. I'm thirty five now and for a long time, you know, you're trying to figure out what to do for a career and you're partying and bad breakups, relationships and college, then back to manual labor and back and forth. And, you know, it's hard finding yourself in life. So uh, in my mid 20s, I got diagnosed with a brain tumor on my left cerebellum the size of a ping pong ball. Oh, wow. And, yeah. Thank God it was benign. They did the surgery. They got it all out, and I got super lucky. I'm I'm blessed. Uh, you know, I could have had complications, no complications, but of course they give you pain meds. Mm. And I started, you know, started off taking them as prescribed, but but eventually, it just it, it's just a bad path that it sends you down, especially if you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Right. Um. So over time, you know, you be it becomes an addiction, and then that's a whole thing. I'm not going to tell war stories on this show about, you know, but. I'm sure people out there know it gets pretty bad. The amount mm-hmm. of money you have to spend and, and you can't function without it. So anyway, that, that was, that was that. And then about a year ago, I decided to, to clean myself up and stop. And within a couple of weeks of me getting sober, let's say, um, I joined jujitsu. Okay. And I, I had always been a big fight fan, big UFC fan, been watching since the beginning. Um, you know, just fascinated with, with what these guys put their body through and just it's the most entertaining sport in the world. I mean, there's no question. And was always interested in jujitsu as well. Um, I've rubbed shoulders with Aljamain Sterling in the past, trained at Sarah's for a little bit years ago, uh, you know, Matt Sarah here on Long Island. And was just a big fan of all these guys, especially the New York guys. So I got myself clean in a few, uh, about a month after I got clean, I went down to Oyster Bay Jiu-Jitsu and I joined. And it's funny, um, I'm in a group online, a Jiu-Jitsu group on Facebook. And, you know, I wasn't nervous at first, but I was questioning. I was like asking them, should I get in shape and then join Jiu-Jitsu or should I join Jiu-Jitsu to get in shape? Because I, you know, although I do manual labor, I'm not in fighting shape like these guys are. You know what I mean? And Jiu-Jitsu is a combat sport. So I had a friend of mine, Lou, who's a training partner now. At the time, I didn't know him. He reached out to me. His name is Lou. And he said, come down to Oyster Bay Jiu-Jitsu. You don't got to get in shape. Just come and join and you'll love it. I said, all right. So I went down there, met my coach, Dan, Professor Dan. um, And he, you know, told me a little bit about it. And I signed up on the spot. The next day I started training. And that was uh, just over a year ago. I've been training for a year. 
and um, it's amazing. Not only uh, in the ways that it parallels recovery uh, or like NAAA, like Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, Narcotics Anonymous. Mm-hmm. You know, it has a lot of those virtues, but but even for the average person, I think it's a great thing. You know, mental and physical health, confidence, discipline, uh, self-esteem, you know, and you keep yourself around a group of people that are like-minded. They're trying to get, um, you know, uh, improve themselves physically, improve themselves mentally. And, and and I'm sure you know with jujitsu, it's like if you could handle getting smashed on the mat inside control, um, and think under that type of pressure, then then everyday life is just nothing. Nothing. It's, it's not, nothing at um, all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, I did write down a few things like parallels to, and you know, not everybody listens to this is going to have some type of drug history or even really know the intricacies or the ins and outs of AA and NA. But you know, if it could work for people that have hit rock bottom, you know, these type of virtues and these types of ideas, then then the average person it, it'll it'll help them as well um so here are some comparisons so when you train at an academy it's like a brotherhood just like when you go to aa or na you're putting yourself around a group of people that all have the same common goal so for let's say na they're all trying to stay clean and in jiu-jitsu you're all trying to get better at jiu-jitsu try and you know, be consistent in training another one is um when you go to NA or, and, and let me preface this by saying this is what they say in recovery. Everybody's recovery is different. I'm not recommending jujitsu as a replacement for actual work on yourself, 12 steps, therapy, or meetings in general, NA meetings. But everybody's recovery is different. I'm very blessed that I have no past trauma. I have no past craziness. So when I just made the decision to get clean, I still um, have to fight every day to do the right thing. But but for me, um, my recovery is different. My meetings are jujitsu at this point. I'll hit a meeting every once in a while. I have my counselor that I talk to. But for me, um, you know, I got a lot going on. I don't got time for, for the bullshit that I used to be into. So so this is what it is. This is this is my recovery. Um, so like I said, I don't recommend it as a replacement. But um, it could definitely be something that enhances your life. So. Another comparison of NA and jujitsu, like when you come into a new school, the older guys, I mean, if it's a, any type of good academy, the older guy, the, the older members are going to take the new guys under their wing and help them, let them work a little bit. So same thing with NA, uh, NAA, when you come in there, the old timers, they're going to come and they're going to take you under their wing. Um, another one is accountability. If you're around a bunch of people in a meeting and you, you're going there two, three times a week and then you don't show up for three sessions in a row, they're going to be like, where the hell's Mike? Did he relapse? Where, where is he? What's going on? Is everything okay? Same with my academy. You know, I, I try and hit a session at least, let's say three to five times a week. If I miss like two sessions in a row. My professor is literally texting me like, is everything all right? Where are you? What's going on? Like, so they have some type of vested interest in you as, as a person, as a, as a training partner, as a student. So that's huge. That accountability is huge. Um, I got, I got one more. And, uh, so in these meetings, AANA, they say, just keep showing up, keep showing up. Even if you had a bad week, even if you didn't get anything out of the meeting, just keep showing up, keep coming back. That's what they say. Keep coming back. And, uh, 
the miracles will happen or you'll live a life beyond your wildest dreams. So in jujitsu, you might get smashed for a month straight. If you just keep showing up, you will get you will get better. You'll get in better shape and you'll just keep improving in general. Definitely. Like I you know, first and foremost I do, you know, appreciate you being vulnerable like that to share your story and, you know, to touch bases on what you're saying about people who deal with any type of addictions or problems or issues. I personally know I I battle with, you know, anxiety and depression, you know, real bad. I do have jujitsu, but yeah, I still go to therapy. You know, it's gotten a lot better to where, because at one point I was going, I was talking to my therapist um, twice a month or, you know, or somewhere in between. But now I was like, you know, we're down to once a month, if that. But yeah, just like you said, you know, that accountability and um, <clears throat> yeah, the accountability, because if you if you're if you're surrounded by people that, you know, that share that same, you know, similar similar role that you do. And they see that you're putting your heart and all into your, you know, your recovery or your training. Yeah, they will check up on you. Like they will be like, "Hey, what's going on? You know, I haven't seen you in a couple of days. My, you know, my instructor, my training partners. If I miss a day, I'm getting phone calls and texts because they know, because they know I'm at the gym, you know, as as much as humanly possible. So if I miss a Tuesday, it's like, "Hey, what's up?" What's, what's, what's going on? You good? Yeah. Because we can see you in class. Like, oh, no, I mean, I just, you know, I took a break. Yeah, let us know. But it's, it's yeah, definitely, definitely that. And then when you're saying about the, you know, just, you know, keep showing up. Yeah, you know, same thing. Same exact thing with, you know, with therapy and jujitsu. Like, you, 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 just, you have to keep going. You have to keep going if you want to see any type of results or changes in uh, your, you know, your therapy, your AA, or with your training and your growth, you have to keep going. Cause I was like that where I, I would want to cancel a cancel a session with my therapist, but I'm not going to be able to mentally get myself together unless I go. And yeah, those are the main. I feel like the main two things that will help people in their journey with whatever they're going through. Um, yeah just show up and your you know your accountability like you hold you have to hold yourself to a certain account you know hold yourself to a certain caliber when it comes to this because this is your journey this requires a lot of work you just yeah, the accountability is uh super important because it's very easy whether it's an addiction or depression to isolate to withdraw and you know when you have those type of people around you people that are counting on you to be that you know to be there to train that keeps you out of that. It'll keep you out of that isolation. I used to isolate a lot. I would just sit there and use drugs by myself, you know, get home from work and just sit in my room. Now it's like, I don't have that choice. Not that I would go back to that, but, but let's say I did start slipping up. I'd get pulled right out of it by my training partners, by my friends and family who, you know, I have a good support system around me now. It's important. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's awesome, dude. That's, that's so awesome to hear. So, so do you, you know, you, you say you do the AA and stuff. Um, do you feel like um, jujitsu was just like that extra push to get better? Like, do you feel like if you didn't have jujitsu, like your struggle to control your addictions, you think that would have got the best, like the better of you or what? I think that um, having a past in addiction, you want to have control. Mm -hmm. It's a lot about control. And I think that if I was forced to do it their way 
and and just go to meetings and just get bombarded with this type of recovery stuff that I might be a little resentful mm-hmm. that that now I'm forced to do this for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? Like, I, and and it's and the the way it is at these meetings, it's kind of one size fits all. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you have the worst trauma in the world, or you just kind of dabbling, dabbling, like it's all going to be the same. Nobody mm-hmm. can ever smoke weed. Nobody can ever have a drink. You have to call your sponsor five times a week and go through the steps. And it's like, you know, you want to have some type of control and, and, um, yeah. So, so I think I would be a little resentful. Like the fact that I'm able to have these, like have a, have a, a productive lifestyle and a positive hobby and in jujitsu that I spend my time doing, like, I have a little more control, which sometimes is a bad thing with, with some for somebody with a past like me. But but for myself, it just I don't know. I feel like I I, I would be a little resentful, like if, like if I was forced to just go to these meetings, um, and th- and that was my only recourse to to stay on track. You know what I mean? Right, right. So, um, oh, what was I about to ask? Because uh, there was something you were, you were saying about like the you know resentment and everything, and I like I agree with that because when I wasn't training as much, I was resentful and a lot of like it's just a lot of stuff in general because I wasn't mentally there. I felt like I was you know being forced to do so, and it was just like yeah I don't I don't want to do that like I don't want to do that because you know I was. I've been dealing with depression and anxiety for a while, even before I started training. And I was always here like, oh, go see, you know, go, go see a therapist, go talk to somebody. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that because I'm, you know, I don't feel like that's going to work. I don't feel like me talking to a stranger is, you know, is going to change anything. But, you know, fast forward, I started training. I started, you know, falling in love with the sport and everything behind it. And it just gave me a lot of more mental clarity in situations where it's like when I finally was able to talk to somebody, it just boosted everything because like, oh, my mind is more clear now. I That means I can fit more jujitsu in here. <laughs> so, but yeah, man, that's, that's pretty awesome. That's definitely pretty awesome. No, um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. More jujitsu. You said what? So there's nothing wrong with more jujitsu. There is absolutely nothing wrong with more jujitsu. <laughs> so, like, how often, um, like, how often now do you train? I try and get there at least three days a week. For in the beginning, I was going like five days a week. Mm-hmm. Now, like, um, one to two seven a.m. classes. Then I'll hit like one or two midday classes, and then usually Saturday morning. Um, it it, it varies week to week because I, you know, I I run a construction business and. When it slows down, I'm there a lot, at least five days. When born, I'm busy. I just pop in when I can. Um, at least three sessions a week, though, minimum. Okay, okay, okay. Now, have um, oh wow, I just I just lost the question again. But <laughs> since you okay, so since you've been training jujitsu, like, did you have any idea that? jiu-jitsu would have like helped you with your you know with your journey i didn't i didn't i i um i remember years ago i trained at sarah's for for like maybe a month and i was still kind of fucking around with the drugs and stuff Mm -hmm. not as bad as it got but like dabbling here and there and i just wasn't ready for it um 
and then recently about a year ago i got clean and maybe like three to four weeks after i got clean i was on my way home in my truck one day and i'm just sitting there like listening to music just zoning out thinking and i'm like you know what i have the time and the money and like the energy to do this shit right now i was like holy shit i'm going back to jujitsu i was like i was like practically crying on my way home from work i was like i'm fucking going back i was like you know what i'm saying i never thought i would get back to it mm-hmm. and uh you know i signed up like the next day and and um Sorry, what was your question? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just asking, like, did you, like, have you, like, would you have thought, like, this would have been the thing that, like, really, really helped you with your everyday problems with your addiction and everything? Like, did you think, like, jujitsu would have been that answer? Yeah, so I didn't even join it for that. I just joined it because I just love, love the sport of it, whether it's, uh, you know, mixed martial arts or just, just jujitsu specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, um, like I said, it's not a replacement for therapy and AA and all that, although not to minimize my past experience, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't have a lot of stuff to work out from my past really. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's not a replacement for AA or NA or anything like that, but, uh, it does, it's a, it's, you know, people need hobbies. They yeah. can't work all day and come home and sit there and, and stare at the TV all night or play video games. It's just not a productive hobby. Like the way I am, is um, I'm either at jujitsu, or I'm designing T-shirts, or I'm working on logo design. Like I have to be doing something, and maybe that's maybe that's something from uh, from using in the past where it's like now I have to constantly be stimulated. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's a great way to get exercise. Like who wants to go on the treadmill and stare straight ahead and jog? Like the sweat and the workout that I get in from a from a few five minute rolls in a row is is equal, if not more, than jogging on a treadmill let's say and it's 10 times more fun and um so even just the workout alone is worth it never mind being able to defend yourself and and just you know being in the moment that's a big one being in the moment like we're when you're in a role you know people are trying to break your limbs they're trying to try i mean maybe not your training partners but they're trying to choke you out and you have to be in that moment a hundred percent and there's nothing else in my life that's that's like that definitely yeah and I, I I talk about that a lot too. Um, you can't you can't focus on anything else. Like when you're you know I I go to the gym a lot. I go to the gym three days a week and I train three days a week. So I'm you know I I do both. I I love the workout aspect of going to like you know Planet Fitness and whatnot. But I'm yeah I'm stagnant. I'm stationed. I'm running the treadmill. I'm lifting weights. So I'm not like necessarily moving a lot. But it's just something about like when it comes to jujitsu, I can do, I can train, I can go to the gym, you know, do jujitsu four or five hours and still be craving more. Yeah. Like I, you know, there's like recently, you know, I, um, you know, just got my, you know, I got my brown belt and I was like, you know, thank you. And we got done, you know, we got done with that because it's like literally the only thing we did that day. I was just sitting there standing in the middle of the mats like, I don't want to go home yet. <laughs> like, I just did this grueling test that took, you know, basically the whole time class. But I was like, man, I still want to go. I still yeah. want to work. I still want to work some stuff. I still want to do jujitsu. But, yeah, like, I love that aspect about it because you have to focus on what you're doing. Like you said, you have someone who's trying to break your, break your arm or – choke you out or you know snap your knee 
if you're not paying that no attention, you're definitely going to be in some trouble. Yeah, and talk about staying in the moment. So I'm training. What's today? Today is Sunday. Sunday. So I'm training. I'm um training yesterday morning, and I'm rolling with a training partner of mine, Tomas, and um, he he you know he gets on my back, and for a split second, I go to pull my shirt over my stomach because my stomach's sticking out a little bit. I go to pull my shirt over my stomach. He sinks a choking. Talk about being in the moment. For the split second that I'm like, oh, let me cover my hairy ass stomach. I go to cover it. He's got a full rear naked choke. And I'm like, oh, man. Mm-hmm. I, that split second. You got to be 100% in the moment or you're done. You're done. You're done. <laughs> that's And that's funny. That is, that's hilarious. But, yeah, that, that that's, that's the right concept to have. Like, you can't think about anything that's going on the outside. You can't think about... Your girlfriend, your, your you know your significant other. You can't think of you can't think about your job. You can't think about bills. You can't think about nothing but jujitsu, or like you're still you're staring at the ceiling. The whole class standing over you, like, uh, you okay? <laughs> They're like, well, what happened? Like you you got choked out. And he's like, I don't even remember. I was thinking about something. Blah blah. blah. I was like, oh, that's what happened. And speaking about concepts, that's that's a big um a big tool that I've used, like I'm only a year and I'm only three stripes, but, but, um, I think I perform a little bit above my rank. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll get my teacher on here one day. But anyway, the point mm-hmm. is, is that I just stick to concepts. I might not know every flashy new move that's out there, mm-hmm. but you stick to concepts and you just navigate your way. I just navigate my way through roles, like staying tight and off balancing and, and, you know, I don't got to tell you, you're a brown belt, but if you just stick to the concepts, you might not know the details of every move, but you can navigate your way through a role and be pretty successful. Yeah, and I couldn't have said it, you know, better myself. Uh, we, you know, we always get those, you know, we get white belts in, and it's great that you actually learn that concept early, because some people don't even get it now, and, you know, even some blue belts I know that don't get that concept. Hell, even purple belts. But yeah, that's you have to be able, you know, to follow your bases, follow your rules. You know, we got our rules and principles and stuff like that. And just, you know, you have to be able to survive first. Like once you're yes. able to be comfortable being uncomfortable, being comfortable with, you know, this guy who got you by 100 plus pounds, smashing your face on the mats, grinding his elbow in your jaw or your ribs or whatever, once you get past that, then everything else would, you know, start to open up. Cause, yes. Because, you know, we'll, like, you know, me and one of the other uh, other uh, brown belt, we'll roll, or I'll roll with, like, you know, a lower belt, and just, they'll be like, dude, how are you so calm? <laughs> I'm like, because I'm used to this. Yeah. I, I, Com- I do this in my sleep. Comfort and chaos. Yeah. Cause they'll, you know, we'll be messing around. They'll, you know, get a choke, and it can be tight. It can be, you know, cinched in. But I'm just keeping myself calm. Yep. Cause they're not gonna know how to react to that. Cause they're gonna like, okay, he's calm. He's too calm. Oh, maybe oh, I don't got it. Maybe that's the best you could do. Is I, 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 first of all, half the time I'm singing when people have me mounted, and just messing yes. with them. Yes, the mental, that is me. The mental, the mental game is half the fun. And honestly, if somebody's like cranking on a choke. All you got to do is get a few fingers in on their forearm and just survive the first five seconds of their squeeze. Then their squeeze weakens. And then, you know what I'm saying? Or they'll, or they'll give up on it because they think it's not working or they don't have it in right. Like the mental game is half of it. 
it's it is it's, it's hilarious because I do that too. Like I'll start singing a song or I'll be whispering like, "Oh, you smell nice," and, then, <laughs> yeah. and it's like, or I'll be like, "Hey." How many how many seeds are in the strawberry? And they're like, what are you talking about? Like, oh, nothing. Just have a general conversation. Let's roll. And we're and they're like, what? And boom, hit the sweep and everything else. But yeah, <laughs> that's 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 half the fun, right there. It, it is half the fun. It is half the fun. So, um, in your school, um, is it a is it a fairly large school or is it like small? We just opened about a year and a half ago. Oh, nice, nice, nice. We have maybe. 50 adult members and then maybe like 100 kids that's still a lot wow for a year it's something like that maybe maybe that's a little much maybe i want to say 35 to 50 adults and then kids i think 60 plus i'm not sure i gotta i gotta speak to my professor it's a decent amount over 100 members wow that's awesome that's man congratulations to that because in a year unless unless your you know instructor had a previous school or taught you know somewhere else but that's pretty phenomenal yeah shout out to professor dan and professor magno magno has a school in astoria as well okay. um he's a henzo black belt so that that's the lineage nice. um okay yeah so magno's one one of my professor and then um professor dan is my other professor both both amazing teachers now, is it is this a competition school? No, but I'm looking to compete soon, uh, eventually. I've just been so busy with work. But um, I think my friend, uh, one of my training partners, Luke, uh, competes in judo. He has a judo background. Mm-hmm. And, um, we'll see. I, I speak to Professor Dan all the time. He says that there's some kids in there that are uh, that are going to be world champions potentially. You know, they're, they're bringing some kids, you know, some starting them young and. We'll see where it goes. Now, now the question is: Have you ever like have you set in, in like in the kids' class before? Yes. Or? Yes. So like um so how how do if you know like how do you guys structure you guys your like y'all kids' class? So I think at the beginning he just had all the kids from like four to twelve training together. Mm-hmm. Now I splitting it down to age groups like four to whatever, seven and eight to 12. And then if you're a little mature, you can go in the older class, whatever. But, uh, I'm, I haven't been to, I've only been to a few kids classes that when it's a lot of younger kids, you know, they'll do like obstacle course type stuff. They'll do some jujitsu as well. But, uh, for example, we did a festival in Oyster Bay a couple of months ago. Um, and me and professor Dan were running the booth. We had the mat set up at the festival mm-hmm. and, um, you know, uh, families from the community were walking by like, uh, kids that trained there with their parents and there's these little eight-year-old girls ten-year-old girls and they were scrappy they were shooting with takedowns taking the back flipping each other over and and super scrappy i couldn't believe it this stand up was better than mine is <laughs> and, <laughs> so um yeah it's uh <clears throat> you know the, the kids there they do a great job they're young you know how it is when you're young like that you got rubber bones Oh yeah, gets slammed on the mat. You know, I'm, I'm 35. I'm dense, and I work a physical job. So if I get slammed on my back and hurt, it's not like I sit behind a desk all day. I got to be able to climb the ladder and swing a hammer. So I'm a little um, hesitant on the feet. Although we do do a decent amount of stand up as well. But like I said, these young kids, they just they're just rolling around like animals. Man, I I, I love it. Forget it. 
Man, so like I've I've been to a couple like uh tournaments, um and it's usually um I don't know if you ever been to like a jujitsu tournament or whatnot, but it's usually a lot of kids there. Yeah. It's a lot of kids. I'm talking who I think the last one that um that I've been to, I think it was like over two hundred kids. Really? Yeah. The, see, the one I went to, I think it was Pride, Pride BJJ, or um, what was the other one? I've been to two, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it was mostly adults. I didn't, I didn't see many kids. Maybe they split it up, but um, I'll tell you one thing, though. I watched a couple of matches, and, and some of these guys were stolen like crazy. I, I'll tell you right now, when I, if, if and when I do compete, I don't care if I get tapped. I don't care if I lose or win. My match is going to be exciting. There will be no stalling. I'm just going for it you know what i mean yeah as long as it's exciting yeah you got to and i was just about to touch on that too like if you ever you know i I, I said this in the previous episode and i'm going to say it again i'm going to say it till i'm blue in the face anybody who's listening that never trained before and you are interested in jujitsu or yes you want your kids to get into it take them to a tournament there's always local tournaments everywhere and when i tell you these kids will light a fire in you like you have never imagined because yeah like you said like you know the older you know the older you get you kind of have to be you know careful on how you move and everything else so a lot of the matches do stall or a lot of just you know fighting for grips and everything else but these kids man are just animals <laughs> just so ruthless and just so hungry and especially when you see the kids as like training training yeah you know like you see them doing a warm-up with their parents their parents might be a teacher or a student as well and they're doing warm-ups i'm like okay that kid's gonna be a problem (laughs) or this kid's gonna be you know do do damage and um the last tournament i was at this one one little girl she you know she stepped on the mats and you know her opponent was you know was a boy and i guess he just thought because it was a girl it was going to be like easy for him. So he's like not really paying attention, not really, you know, really giving effort. And when I tell you when that match started, this girl was on him. <laughs> she like, she crept in, shot for a double leg, got him down. And the whole time was just riding this kid. He was a little bigger than her and she's twisting and turning and sweeping and everything else. And I'm just in shock. Like, cause she can't be no more than like seven or eight. Yeah. But she's moving like she's been doing it since she was two. Probably. I wish I started that. I wish I started young. That's all right. When I have kids, we're going to get to start them young. Yeah. I started my daughter. My girlfriend's looking at me with an angry face right now. Cause I want to put our kids in jujitsu when we have kids. It's, ine- <laughs> it's inevitable. It's inevitable. Sorry. You just have to accept it. Sorry. <laughs> because same thing like you know when i started training and i was like you know we had my daughter she wasn't old enough yet but i was like yeah when she gets older she's (laughs) gonna be training you're gonna be a jujitsu mom sorry that yeah yeah and actually look me as a professional (laughs) but she 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 can join too be a little jujitsu family like i'm like my wife trains now your wife trains, yeah. I got I got her down there a couple of times. She's more into yoga and stuff like that, but we'll we'll see. We 
we do a little jujitsu at home, and then I try and tell. She, then she beats me up, and I try and tell her there's no striking in jujitsu, but she doesn't listen to me. But this is murder yoga. <laughs> murder yoga, this exactly. Is, <laughs> jiu-jitsu is murder yoga. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Oh man, I'm trying to think of what else. Um. So how have I know we talked about the addiction and everything, but like how has jujitsu like? I guess helped you in like a more like your job or you know just handle things on a personal like on a, like on your everyday uh basis well i'll tell you this when i go to a more 7 a.m morning class there's no better way to start the day mm-hmm. like once i go to that 7 a.m class i come home i shower i can do no wrong for the rest of the day i mean i could but i choose not to and it's like there's nothing better than a morning session you would think that after like heavy grappling like that you'd be like shot for the rest of the day but i, I never feel more more alive than when i do a morning session and then i, I go through the day like 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 i'm the man because because you are while people are sleeping you're on the mat doing heavy grappling and, and busting your ass that that's you know that's there's something to be said for that yeah yeah i i love i i miss our morning classes because we were doing um morning classes wednesday and friday so mm-hmm. we have like our Tuesday and Thursday night class, and then we have our Wednesday, uh, Friday morning classes. And I was more excited with for the morning classes than anything because it's like it was small. It was like just me, the instructor, maybe like one or two other people, but mainly it was just me and him. So it was just like, oh, this is a private. I'm I'm getting the the juiciness from you know from the source, and I don't have to share it with nobody because it's like, okay, this is what we did Tuesday. All right, let's 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 you know, kick it up a little bit. Let's, you know, let's dive more deep into what we were doing the Tuesday night or the Thursday night. And it was just like, oh man, what a, what a way to start a morning. Yeah. Like, and that, that's part of the reason why I like being at a little bit of a smaller school because, mm-hmm. um, you know, some classes there'll be 10 plus people, but, but a lot of classes, it's like five people. It's practically private lessons. Yeah. Every class. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, I'm not a really a big fan of like large like large classes because a lot of people who have like great potential can get lost very easily. Yeah, and they you know it could be that one person that you know that just need that extra little tweak and extra little help to become probably one of the greatest practitioners that we ever that we've ever seen. But you know they get lost in the crowd when especially as as a large school. Our school, yeah, we we probably have roughly about twelve members. Mm-hmm. Um, on a good good day, we probably get like six or seven, and that's you know, that's pushing it. But everyone knows everybody, so everyone trains together, and so much work can get done when it's like I feel like when it's like a smaller a smaller class. Absolutely. So, yeah. what are you in Detroit? I, yeah, I'm in Detroit. Yep, I am in I'm in Detroit, but I train in Oak Park. Okay, and so there's twelve members total. Yep, about yeah, about twelve people. Yep. And we gotta you gotta up those numbers out there. What's going on, Detroit? I know, man. Look, I <laughs> <laughs> this is this is this is like why I started this because I want people to hear like everyday people who just found this sport and just fell in love and just did it. Because when people like I talk to I talk to people and be like, you know, they're like, oh no, what you what you do? You know, you're getting in shape or you're losing weight and you're doing this, you're doing that. What are you doing? I'm I'm doing jujitsu. Yeah. They'd be like you know, they'll say like, Oh, is that like karate? Like kicking his Nah. It's My not God. 
me the other day. I was like, bro, why don't you come try out to? I was like, why don't you come try out jujitsu? He's like, oh, I'm not really into karate. I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, that's fine. So just come do like come do jujitsu. Like I didn't say anything about karate. I said jujitsu. I was about to put him in a head standing head and arm choke, but that's besides the point. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, like this is I, I want people to at least at least try it. You'll find you'll find something out of jujitsu, and you'll be utterly surprised when you do. Yeah, it's a little intimid- it's a little intimidating. It's a combat sport, but any any decent academy, you know, if there's a new guy there, you're just gonna walk through the motions. First day, you're gonna do bridge and hip escape. You're gonna do upa. You're gonna do knee elbow maybe, and yep. then. Just- just work from there. Yeah. You shouldn't be smashing people on their first day. I remember I brought my cousin down, my cousin Lou, and um, I'm not going to name names, but, but it's the end, you know, it's like his second class. And we're at the end of class and we're doing live rolling. All of a sudden I look over and w- one of my training partners is just guillotining the shit out of my cousin. I'm like, thanks, bro. It's my cousin. It's like his second day. You really got to guillotine him like that. You know what I'm oh, saying? wow. Come on, man. <laughs> Can't do that. That's right. That's all right. Lou's a wrestler. He wrestled all his life. He's young and he's scrappy. He's and uh, and you know he'll be there. He, he um, slowed down training a little bit because he, he had college and a new job. He's young. He's like eighteen, mm-hmm. but um, he'll be back soon, and uh, maybe he'll get some revenge eventually. <laughs> nice, but yeah, it's yeah, it, like you said, it, it can it can seem very intimidating, but we don't make people do anything they're not comfortable doing. Like, yeah. you know, you come in, you're fresh off the street. It's like we like what you know, me being an assistant instructor, I try my best to teach them how to do like, you know, you know snakes or shrimping or, you know, moving on the ground, kind of break it down a little bit more for them um, and whatnot. And then we'll work our technique and we'll, I'll take a little bit more time because they don't know this stuff. So, yeah. like, you know, I'll take them, you know, we'll take them to the sides. Okay, this is how you break this down. We're going to like not necessarily pay attention to the whole entire class, but we're going to take pieces of what we're learning right now. And we're just going to figure out what you can do, what you can understand. And then we can, you know, build from there. And you know, what's great about jujitsu. Mm-hmm. Like a new guy comes in and the professor's like, all right, we're going to go over shrimping and bridging and hip escape or whatever, you know, I'm uh, excuse me, UPA and whatever else. And, you know, I, I don't know what's in other people's heads, but I'm sure there's people in there that are like, oh, man, I already know this. But honestly, every time, like even something I learned on day one that I use every day, UPA or whatever, every time it's taught to me, I learn a different detail. Mm-hmm. Every mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. You know, I went through a phase for a little bit where I was, um, what was I doing? I was trying to do knee elbow escape, but I wasn't breaking his posture down. And this is like six months in. I'm like, why can't I knee elbow escape? And then, then all of a sudden we went over, and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I need to break his posture down. What am I doing? Like sometimes you just, <laughs> you just get caught up with other things, and um, you know, there's always room for improvement in in always. every, in every movement. You could always sharpen that blade. Yeah, and I I I personally wanted to break that stereotype about jujitsu about you know purple belts don't show up to warm ups. Yeah, like. I, you know, I crack jokes on people about that all the time, like in the different Facebook groups. Like, yeah, you know, I just got, you know, I'm purple or I'm blue. I was like, hey, you're closer to not doing warm-ups. <laughs> but, dude, I I still practice the basics every day. Even yeah. at, you know, even at home, I have little space in my house and I have my mats down. I'll come in here and I'll do, you know, shrimping or snakes or bridges and stuff. 
in class. Like I'm, you know, I teach the kids class, so I'm there early. I'm I'm working on something. It's always the same thing. Go in, work my basics, get ready for class. Like no yeah. matter what, you can't you can't you cannot do your basic stuff. Because you, that's you your good yeah, you can't be too good at bridging and you can't be too good at hypostaping. Yeah. Like there's such powerful movements that it'll get you yeah, you can fake it till you make it as long as you as long as you got some basics under your belt and, and you and you do well with them. I mean, like I said, there's always room for improvement, but it's good it's good to have a good foundation. Yeah, it's always good to have a good foundation. And even my instructor, he's a black belt and he he still does it. Oh, of course. So it's not like he's just sitting on the side like y'all go do that and blah blah blah. Like, no, he's down there snaking with us. He's down there working whatever, you know, drills that we're we're doing. Or he's leading the drills. It's it's you know, that fundamental is still a big part of jujitsu. No matter yeah, those what are, rank you are. Yeah, and those are movements that you'll always use. Not everybody's gonna be doing a baron bolo every roll. No. But the bridging and the hip escaping is always needed. Always. No matter no matter what. It's always, always needed. Alright, so let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. What is your favorite technique? Ooh, what is my favorite technique? Right. Let's say, what's your go-to submission? Um. So right now, my favorite submission has been a uh, short choke. Hmm. So what is that? A one one arm choke from the back, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it's been something I've been trying to hunt for. Yeah, literally since I've been a brown belt, because I've been trying to up my game and try to you know work to get to different scenarios so if my main goal in each role is to to get into a position to do that short choke mm-hmm. that's going to be my focus that's my destination so i need to find every single path to get there no matter where i start you that's know, something that i'm covering now that i'm a year in i'm starting to have like routes mm-hmm. where i like you know, let's say whatever, I'm in I'm mounted. And you know, I can upa into their guard, which which is not great. Mm-hmm. Or I knee elbow, which is better. Something I've been doing lately is turning on my side, letting them take my back, and then when they take when they put their hooks in, I cross their feet for them and I tap them with like you know, when you when you know when you triangle over their uh-huh. feet and I've been I've been driving people crazy with that shit. I let them take my back. And then I and then they get so flustered they can't even do any type of choke and and a couple of times we we've been doing some training where we start with like the, the choke fully locked in and like I said before I get a couple of fingers in there wait for that squeeze to lighten just a little bit grab the other hand and then address the choke hand um, but yeah anyway the point is is that now that I'm like a year in I'm starting to find like routes that I like and and for me my go-to submission would be the Americana from Side Control. Nice, nice. Well, yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome to to have that mindset so early in your uh, your journey, man. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's com- it's coming together a little bit. I'm still a shitty white belt, but I but I do pretty good. It's <laughs> good for myself. But another another one of my favorites that's super tricky is um inverted triangle from bottom side control. I use that as a back take. Okay, I try to I try to use to set that up as a back take because usually when you're going for that inverted triangle the first thing they're going to do is try to push away and walk their feet towards your head uh-huh so i you know drop the leg 
swim the legs under and come up and you know take their back mm, you're gonna have to show me that one there yeah sure what, <laughs> what i what i like to do is i um you know i get my frames in one on the hip one like on the shoulder with my with my uh forearm flaring into their neck mm -hmm. you know your side control but then what i'll do is i'll take my forearm and i'll kind of just lay it out there as bait and think they're about to get a Kimura Americana. As soon as they grab it, I pummel it in between my legs, and now I have them in like that crucifix position. I start stretching them out, and I go for that inverted. It's super sneaky. People don't expect it. They think they have like a free Americana, and all of a sudden, before they know it, they're still, they're, they're in like a crucifix position. They have no idea what's going on. But then you can only get it like once. Once you get it on one of your training partners, they know it's coming. But I still, I'll still get it here on there. Your you your mindset is very dangerous, and I like <laughs> and I like it. <laughs> I, I like it. You you definitely you definitely think like a, a like a, a higher rank. I you you have that mid blue belt like mindset. Thank you, sir. Cause, that means a lot. Yeah, because I I've you know Jesus Christ. There's literally been one other lower like you know white belt. Well, he's a blue belt now, but it's only one other person that, and that's one of my training partners, Ray Martin. Like as a white belt, he was picking up stuff so fast super super intelligent guy and he was just that same way like man it's it's weird that you're picking up some stuff so so fast <laughs> but no that's who man um i have to come i have to come see you man <laughs> listen let me know when you're in new york i'm on long island but i i owe all my any knowledge i have goes to my professors professor dan and professor magno they really are great man bravos and kudos to those guys he they're <laughs> definitely teaching you right man definitely definitely teaching you right absolutely yeah, but um, was there man, if you had any other questions or uh, any other things you want to talk about, you know, we, the floor is yours, man. Um, that's that's about it. Shout out to Oyster Bay Jiu Jitsu, all my training partners. Like I said, Professor Dan and Professor Magno, you guys are the best. They, you know, all you guys, my training partners as well, changed my life. Um, and thank you for having me on. Let me know. Oh man, yeah, it's it's been a pleasure, man, and it's it's been a great honor to talk to you so early in your career uh, with, with jiu-jitsu and we're going to talk again and i would love to see how how far you go man absolutely i will keep you posted and you do the same it was great talking to you yes sir so that's the end of today's episode i you know once again i would like to thank michael for coming in and uh sharing his his tales and his experiences with jiu-jitsu uh, please go and follow our facebook and instagram page to stay up to date on our future episodes this has been the Talk Your Jits podcast. Keep rolling, keep grinding, and remember, long live jujitsu. Have a great day. <laughs>